The opinions voiced in Money Night with Wade Chessman are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. Investing involves risk, including possible loss of principal. No strategy assures success or protects against loss. To determine what may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, financial, or tax advisor prior to investing. Guests on Monday night are not affiliated with CWM LLC. Investment advisory services offered through CWM LLC, an SEC registered investment advisor. Coming up on today's show, we're going to discuss the findings of a Vanguard study called How America Saves 2020. We're going to have that in the show notes as well. So if you want to get more information, really kind of dig into this report, you can do so in the show notes. But we're going to go through this report, How America Saves 2020. But I don't find too many people that can reach their long-term objectives just by putting in the, the match. But again, that's where the power of planning comes in. We're not just going to look at it from a, this is what you should do in a vacuum, but it should be part of your overall plan. It's time for the Money Night Podcast with certified financial planner, Wade Chessman. Welcome into the Money Night Podcast. I am Ben George. He's Wade Chessman, Certified Financial Planner and Certified Kingdom Advisor at Chessman Wealth Strategies. Today, we're talking about how Americans save. I'm, I'm excited about this conversation because we pulled a report from Vanguard from the last year or so, you know, 2019 into early 2020 that really gives a really good look and some stats and data on how Americans are saving in their contribution accounts. And and I think it's really good for people that are curious on maybe where they stand and just kind of get a sense of how they compare with other people. Not that you always want to do that. And we talk about that, Wade, but it's important you know, for a lot of people just to kind of get a sense of where they are. And we're going to talk about all these stats, show you some of the data that we pulled. And it goes really deep. So we're not going to get into everything. We'll, we'll try to throw the link in the show notes if you really want to dive into it. But we're going to get to hit some of the high points and and really kind of get Wade's opinion and perspective on on what he thinks about it and, and what to make of it. So let me welcome in Wade now. Wade, how you doing? I'm doing great, man. Good to talk to you, man. Yeah, good to talk to you again. I, I'm curious to get a lot of your thoughts on this data because there's there's a lot, a lot of good information in this Vanguard report. And, you know, we take a look at really these uh, these defined contribution plans, which are 401ks, 403bs, that type of thing. And these right. are used by over 100 million Americans now. And, you know, the assets in all these accounts are in excess of $8.8 trillion. So it's a lot of wow. money in these accounts. Um, what about your client base? I mean, are these pretty much the center of the retirement plans that you work with? They really are. I mean, you know, back in the day, we've talked about this in previous podcasts. You know, back in the day, you would, people like your grandfather and like my grandfather, he went to work for one company, in his case, uh, Eureka, the vacuum cleaner company, basically his whole career. And then when he retired, he had a nice pension. And then my grandmother was a teacher and she gets a pension. And then they get two social security checks. And that was, man, that's really all they had to do. They didn't, he doesn't have a lot of money in his retirement accounts. Uh, he has other funds that he saved, but it really, the retirement part of it was just kind of done for him. That, those days are gone for the most part. They're still out there, you know, for police and uh, certain government workers and things like that. But for the most part, the burden, the onus has been put on to the individual using the defined contribution plan. So yes, we see this a, a lot. This is why Sean is, you know, a member of the Ed Slot retirement program. So that there's just a lot of complexities to it. But yeah, definitely a centerpiece of most people's plan. We're not going to get in too deep on strategies and that type of thing and how to use these that well. We really want to look at how Americans 
are using them in general. And I got a couple of stats for you I want to start with. So I want to get your, your reaction to both of these. So the first one is only 15% of plan participants are using the catch-up contribution when it's offered. Yeah, that one surprised me a little bit. Um, maybe it's because people don't know it exists. Another thing that I think it probably has a lot to do with is a lot of people, they're not maxing out their 401k plan to begin with. So if you give them the opportunity to put even more in, they're not going to do it. So it could be, I think it's probably a combination of both things. One, you know, they, they started their 401k with a certain dollar amount they're putting in and they never look at it again. I mean, that's the thing. These 401k plans, 403bs, you know, 457 plans, all these different ones. A lot of it's out of sight, out of mind. People just put it in and don't look at it too often. So I think it's probably a combination of people not knowing about the catch up. And then number two, they can't afford to put it in or they choose not to. And so I was a little surprised, but then when I think about it, it makes sense. How about this one? Uh, one out of five plan participants are using the Roth or some sort of after-tax option. That seems maybe a little low to me. It does. I th- again, I think it has to do with education. You know, they sign up for the plan and typically it's going to default to the pre-tax option. They may not know it's available. It's a great option, especially for young, younger folks that are in their early, maybe not, they're not high income earners at this point. It makes more sense to, or at least it looks, it's worth looking at putting it in into the Roth option and letting it grow tax-free. And we've talked about this in the past too, Ben, but we're in a low, historically low tax rate environment. So, you know, it depends on what you think about taxes going up in the future. I think they're going to go up. Yeah, the Roth option is a powerful option. Even if you're, you know, in a higher income bracket, it still makes sense to consider putting some of the money in the Roth, perhaps, Mm -hmm. just as a way to hedge future tax rates. So education seems to be a bit of a theme here early on with this Vanguard report and just people not knowing what their options are and what they can do. I think Uh, so. So how about this one then? And this maybe this kind of plays into it too. The average number of funds that are offered in these defined contribution plans is about 17.4 on average. But what we're using as plan participants, 2.4 of those funds. Um, Is this an education thing too? I mean, what what do you make out of that number? Well, I'd have to dive, get into more of the weeds there. It could be that a lot of the folks have gravitated toward the all-in-one fund, you know, like the retirement date fund or the target date fund, or the maybe they're using a balanced fund, which is like a fund of funds. So it may be a little bit of a misleading number. And it may be that, yeah, maybe they're only using a few funds, but maybe that fund itself has multiple buckets within it. But I think the other part of it probably, again, is lack of education, lack of knowing what to do. Carson recently came out with a new program or offering that we're doing called Retirement by Design, powered by FIEX, where we can go in and help people actually manage their 401k plans, help them make the trades and keep up with the changes. So again, I think it's probably a combination of out of sight, out of mind, you know, putting it in something and never look at it again. And then I think some of that has to do with the fact that a lot more people are gravitating toward these funds that are kind of designed to be a one-stop shop. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think a lot of people are trying to keep it as simple as possible. A lot of cases, they don't dive into it too much. They see that, uh, hey, I'm retiring in you know, 2050. I'm going to just go ahead and put in that plan and be set. So um, matching is a big part of these defined contribution plans too. You know, Hopefully somebody is fortunate enough to have an employer that's matching. But what Vanguard found over the past year or so is that in 2019, 34% of plan participants did not contribute enough to meet their employer's match. 
18% matched it exactly, but didn't put anything beyond that amount. And then 48% actually contributed more than the employer match. So all those numbers are kind of all over the board a little bit. But let me just start with that 34%. Is there ever a reason to not match that employer amount? I can't think of one. Uh, maybe if you don't like free money, that could be it. <laughs> if you're listening to the show, you probably that's probably not you. Yeah, I mean, it's again, it's probably has to do with. I suspect that that is probably a lower wage earning group that maybe feels like hey, even the one, two, three, four percent of my income, I can't afford to have that taken out of my paycheck, even though they're giving me a match. I think that probably has something to do with it. Again, probably goes back to education. What you mean? Wait a minute. You're meaning if I put a dollar in, they give me a dollar back? Yep, that's what it means. So I think it's probably a combination of that. Yeah, I think I think just understanding what your what your plan offers is important. What, how much you need to put in because everything's yeah. different, right? I mean, some matches are dollar for dollar. Some you have to do six percent to get three percent. I mean, it's it's kind of all over the place, right? All over the place, and I think it just goes to show the importance of education to those that are participating in the plans. And, you know, the fact that 18% are doing it, matching it exactly, contributing nothing more. I mean, hey, good for that 18%. They're taking advantage of that match. And hopefully they're doing some other things outside of that because, you know, if that's all you're doing, then that's probably not going to be enough to get you to where you want to be long-term. How do you typically guide your clients on this? I mean, is it, hey, just make sure you hit that match exactly? Do you talk to them about going above and beyond? Kind of what's your approach typically? Well, our approach is more holistic. It's based on their goals and objectives. So if they can reach their goals and objectives and only taking advantage of the match, then perhaps that's all they need to do. That's I don't find that to be the case too often. And I would tell them even if they don't, even if they've saved enough for retirement, if they're still working and their and their employer offers a match, you should take advantage of it. Just again. That's the best 100% return, right? Yeah. Because you're going to, on your money. So I would say it depends on the the situation, but I don't find too many people that can reach their long-term objectives just by putting in the the match. But again, that's where the power of planning comes in. We're not just going to look at it from a, this is what you should do in a vacuum, but it should be part of your overall plan. Gotcha. All right, let's get rate of returns from this study. Um, It's very interesting to kind of see year by year over the past five years, how the market's produced. And let's go year by year. 15, 2015 was negative 0.4%. 16 was 8.3%. 17, a very good year, 18%. Then back in 2018, we dropped negative 5.3%. And then 2019, 22.4%. And we already kind of see what's happened in 2020 with the ups and downs. Is this a really good indication of kind of how the market's going to fluctuate year to year? Yeah, I mean there's an average return, but it's never going to be linear. I mean, you're never you may average, you know, 6-7%, but you're not going to get there in a straight line. So it just it does. It goes to show that investing has vol- you're going to see volatility in your when you invest, especially when you invest in the stock market, which obviously to get these types of returns you had to do. So, yeah, it's a great illustration of just how this is a long-term game. I mean, you know, one of the reasons that you make more in the stock market is because you have to put up with this kind of stuff, mm-hmm. you know, and even in within these five years, there's been some pretty big drops, you know, earlier this year, there was a big drop in late 2018. There was a big drop. So yeah, definitely shows how you have to keep a long-term perspective and it's not for 
if you're looking at it every single day, then you could be in trouble. Yeah. And I guess that's also a great example why you don't try to time the market too. I mean, you get out one yeah, of those years where, reason, yeah. where we went up 18 or 22% and you've missed huge, huge gains. Uh, and you probably won't be able to make that up for a while. So some interesting numbers there. All right. How about leaving funds with an old employer? You know, when people leave, you know, they have a 401k or 403b, whatever that defined contribution plan is. Oftentimes I, you leave it behind. I didn't realize it, it was, this number was this high. 80% of participants who have been terminated still have their assets with their prior employer. But that actually means that 96% of all available assets that can be distributed or rolled over are still sitting inside those defined contribution plans. So tell me what the impact of that would be if they actually move more of those assets over to an IRA or Roth IRA. Well, that's not necessarily a bad thing to leave it in an old plan. You know, if you have an old, if your old plan has a lot of options and it's inexpensive um, then that's fine. There's no, you know, there's there's nothing to say that just because you leave a firm or a company that you should roll it over. I mean, there's not, it's not always in the client's best interest just to roll it over. But a lot of times it is because two things: one, out of sight, out of mind. You know, I've talked to people that have four or five plans scattered all over the place, and it's very difficult to manage it when you've got you know multiple accounts at different places. You're not really. It's hard to keep track of it all. You probably aren't doing the prop, you know, rebalancing and keeping up with all the options and changes within the plan. The other time, the other thing is a lot of times with an IRA or when you roll it over and you have, you have more options available to you that you wouldn't necessarily have in the 401k. So if nothing else, sometimes it makes sense to consolidate these accounts for ease of management because otherwise you've just got stuff scattered all over the place. And I see that a lot. So I wouldn't say that it's an automatic decision to roll it over because you got to look at you know the pros and cons, but it's certainly worth taking a look at so that you can make you know make the best choice for you. Well, listen on a positive one here from the study. Okay, seventy six percent of participants were deemed to have balanced strategies, which seems surprisingly good across the board. Uh, is that the case typically with people that you meet with? And I guess it really depends on what your definition of a balanced strategy is. I think it's gotten better in the last few years as a lot of these 401k plans have default accounts that they put you in that are typically balanced in the sense of they've got a combination of stocks, bonds, international, domestic. A lot of times the default choice will be like some kind of target date fund based on your age. Now that could be, that can, you know, you're right. Balance means different things to different people, but I think the 401k plans have done a better job in the last few years of making sure that people, at least with a with their initial choice, uh, have more, aren't necessarily just sticking in one thing and having no diversification. So yeah, I think that's good. I think things we're doing a better job of educating. Obviously, we got some work to do based on the previous things we talked about today, but, yeah. <laughs> but it's getting a little bit better. That's true. Well, if you want to figure out how you're saving and whether or not you're doing a good job for yourself, because again, you can kind of get an idea of how you compare to other Americans, by looking at this study, but to know if, you know, if you're actually falling behind or if you're ahead of the curve for yourself and for what your goals are, it's important that you sit down with a professional like Wade and uh, see exactly what you need to be saving. And if you're on track for retirement and I'll point you to the website, chessmanwealth.com, you can connect with Wade there and you can call him directly as well. If you'd prefer that 214-572-2120, but some really good information in that report and gives us a pretty good sense of how Americans yeah. are doing. And I guess overall, Wade, I mean, what do you think? Do you give what grade do you give Americans? 
I'd say year. probably a C, maybe. But if you look at the stats, you know, there's a lot of people that don't have much saved for retirement at all. Mm-hmm. So it might even be lower, but I think we got some work to do. Absolutely. Well, these people need to get a plan in place. I think that's the most important yeah, thing. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Sure. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. All right, let's close out the show with a couple questions from the mailbag, and we'll start with Tristan. He writes, I'm in my late 50s and recently divorced, and I'm extremely worried about what retirement will look like now that I'll have just one Social Security benefit and half of my assets. Can I overcome a divorce this late in life? Okay. So I'm going to get out my broken record and start playing it again because, you know, we... (laughs) It kind of comes back to the same thing. I don't know, Tristan. You know that's why you need to do some financial planning and start instead of just hoping. Hope is not a good strategy when it comes to planning. You need to would be helpful to put some pen to paper, look at your goals and objectives, and see if you're on the right track. And see, if you're not, what can you do to overcome some of those things? Because you know going through divorce, difficult thing, uh, emotionally and financially. So it's important then to see what kind of impact that's going to have in your long-term future. And hey, the best time to do that is now, right? We've talked about this too. The best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The next best time is now. So now is the time for someone like you to start figuring out your situation so that you can um, get a handle on it. Thanks for that question. Tristan, again, you can send any questions in via chessmanwealth.com. We got one more for you, Wade. This comes in from Rose, and I think this is probably something you've heard once or twice already, but she asks, should I be investing differently since we have a national election approaching? Yeah, I've heard this one a ton. And the the answer is, I don't know. You know, uh, one group says if this person gets elected, everything's going to go to heck in a handbasket. Another person says, well, if this other person gets elected, it's going to go to heck in a basket. Hmm. I don't know. I think we could be in for some volatility for sure, but I don't think that it necessarily calls for a whole new approach to investing um, unless you're just investing for the next, you know, two month period. You know, if you have a two month time horizon, perhaps so, but most people don't. So um, doesn't mean that you shouldn't be cognizant of what's going on out there. And if you're super nervous and worried, we've got some new, you know, hedging strategies available that we can uh, add to your portfolio that will help you uh, maybe get through this next period of time it's like a, it's almost like a form of insurance. So there are things you can do, but my advice would be to stay on the same, you know, keep the long-term perspective and stay on the track that you need to be on. It's good advice. And that's why you uh, do some financial planning rows to make sure that you're not sweating out these elections and worried about how it's going to go and try to guess what's going to happen. You don't want to do that. You just want to make sure you're prepared and you're diversified and you'll uh, make it through this election. And, and we'll be asking the same question probably again in four years once we, uh, we get back to it again. But thanks for that question, Rose and Tristan. We appreciate that. Again, send them in to us. Chessmanwealth.com is the website. And you can call away with any questions you have beyond these or anything we talked about today. 214-572-2120. Wade, I uh, enjoyed it. Thanks for uh, kind of breaking this down for us and explaining what some of this data means. I thought there was some good information here and I learned a thing or two. Yeah, it was a great study. And I think good to be aware of that. And I definitely think there's some work we got to do. Well, thanks for joining us here on the Money Night Podcast. Every episode is archived online at chessmanwealth.com, but also you can subscribe and have the next one delivered right to you. And we'll be back with you again in a couple of weeks. Wade, thanks again for your time. Thanks, Ben. 
The opinions voiced in Money Night with Wade Chessman are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. Investing involves risk, including possible loss of principal. No strategy assures success or protects against loss. To determine what may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, financial, or tax advisor prior to investing. Guests on Monday night are not affiliated with CWM LLC. Investment advisory services offered through CWM LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor.